I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to continue with our series of best 17s. We're having a look at which current players from each team would make the best 17 from their specific club of all time. So earlier today, if you want to go back and have a listen to that, we went through the Queensland club. So we went through the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Titans, and of course the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a bit of a tricky one being in their first season. Not having a heap of history uh, to go through there or a best 17 essentially. is pretty much their round one side, uh, but a really good episode there going through those three other teams. Plenty of good uh, conversation points and a couple of current greats that made best 17s. Uh, today, part two, we've got the Canberra Raiders, the Melbourne Storm, the New Zealand Warriors, and the Newcastle Knights. Personally, I think out of all four of the episodes, I think this one will actually be the most interesting one. Part three, we've got the Roosters, the Rabbits, the Eels, and the Panthers. That'll be pretty interesting too, to be fair. And then part four, Tigers, Bulldogs, Manly, Dragons, and then the Sharkies, which I think will be a little bit of a tough carry just because some of those teams are sort of battling at the moment. Uh, But I think this one is going to be an absolute cracker. As we did in episode one, uh, we're also going to provide you with just one player that we think is a young guy in that squad at the moment that we think has the potential, if all goes to plan and all goes just about perfectly, to get into their best 17 ever. So they're going to be our smoky. But once again, guys, cannot stress enough, they are not guys that I think are going to be in it for sure. They are guys that I think from the small sample size we've seen and from what I've seen with my eyes that I think have the potential to have careers that could get into the best 17. But they would have to stay at the club for a long time and they would have to have a lot of things go their way and they'd have to be you know at the top of their performance for a very long period of time but an interesting thing to have a look at all right Part two, we've got the Raiders, the Melbourne Storm, the New Zealand Warriors, and the Newcastle Knights. I've also got a quote from a fan of each of those clubs from our Instagram page, their thoughts on it. So let's get stuck into the Canberra Raiders. Now, when you have a look at the Canberra Raiders and their history, 
Obviously, it's been a while since they won a premiership, uh, 1994. So we're, we're sort of just starting to verge on 30 years since their last premiership. That was obviously the great Mal Meninga's last game who would shit into their best 17 of all time. And their best 17 is going to be pretty stacked from those days. Guys like Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde, uh, you know, Mal Meninga, the, the list, Lazarus, like the list, um, Quinton, you know, the, the list just goes on and on of guys that would be uh, in their best 17 from back then, Ruben Wiki. Uh, yeah, just just a very, very long list. So it is pretty – it's a hard side to get into because, you know, some of those guys that won back in the 90s with the Raiders are some of the greatest players we've ever seen. A lot of them won two, three premierships uh, and went to a handful of grand finals. So it does make it really, really difficult to get into that side. I think it's one of the harder sides to get into, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but when I have a look at the current Raiders squad and who I think could be there, I think one that should be there is Josh Papali'i. Uh, I've said this for about two or three years now, uh, that I would have him in my Raiders best 17, and I stand by it. He is getting older, there's no doubt about that. Uh, would you take Josh Papali'i, the, the footballer he is right now, and put him in there? Maybe not. He is starting to slow down, play less minutes, but I think when you look at the sample size of his entire career, I personally think he has to be there. So Josh Papali'i, he would definitely be in the Raiders best 17 for me. Would he be a starting front row forward? Probably not. I'd probably have him coming off the bench uh, in that side, but you could you could argue me down, to be honest with you. Lazarus would obviously be one. Maybe Papali'i could be the other one, but I would definitely have him in the side. So he is my absolute shit in. There is no doubt about that. I think Tarpanay, He's probably in the conversation. I couldn't put him in my side right now, though, especially, like, obviously, Josh Papali hasn't won premierships, but he has got, you know, a sample size being a one-club player for a long period of time and a lot of rep football and a lot of success across a long period of time. He gets in there. Joe Tarpanay, I think he's got the, the potential to get into that side, but he needs to, you know, he's obviously played a number of years at the Raiders now, but he needs to really kick on like Papali did for his entire career. Rapin is an interesting one. I think you could argue to have him in there. I probably wouldn't. I think there's other guys that I could find. Um, you know, Brett Mullins, Gary Belcher, uh, Nandruku. I mean, there's a number of guys that you could have in that side there from the Canberra Raiders. So I would probably lean towards Rapana just missing out on my side. But I think there will be a lot of people that will argue he should be in there. So that's an interesting one. Jared Croker's another one there. He's obviously played 300 games for the club, been one of the greats. Uh, met him a couple of weeks ago. Fucking lovely legend. He's just an unreal fella. Uh, Jared Croker. He'd be right up there. Mal Meninga obviously one center spot. Who would the other center spot go to? He'd probably be up there, Jared Kroger. It'd be an interesting conversation to have there. Uh, I think that there would be a few other guys that you could nominate there. And I think there'd be a few guys that you'd have to, you know, like Laurie Daly would obviously be at 5'8". You'd have probably Gary Belcher at fullback. Brett Mullins would be on the wing. Maybe Jared Kroger does get in there. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. You obviously had... um, uh, oh my God, you had uh, Ruben Wiki who played, um, you know, obviously center there when he was young, probably when he did his best work uh, as he got older when he was at the Warriors and whatnot. Just going to have a look at the, the best Canberra Raiders team ever if we have a look um, just on a, a random page on the internet to see what they've got. Who are their centers? Mal Meninga and Jack Wyden. Oh, Jack Wyden's another shout, isn't he? So would you go with Jack Wyden or would you go with Jared Croker? That makes it very, very difficult there. Which one you would go for. Um, hmm, lot to think about there. Um, yeah, I, I probably thought a couple of years ago Jared Croker w- would make it. I think he has obviously slowed down towards the back end of his career. There is no doubt in that. And, I, I, you know, Jack Whiten, he's another one that, 
you know, he's won a Dalian medal. He's won a Clive Churchill. So you probably do need to find a spot for him somewhere in that side, realistically. Where would it be? I'm not too sure. That, that makes it very, very interesting, Jack Whiten and Jared Croker. And look, obviously, Jack Whiten, he's going to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but right now he's a Canberra Raider. So he will include guys in that conversation that are there right now. Uh, we'll talk about guys that are arriving next year and whatnot, but very interesting. That, that were the last two names I had, Jared Croker and Jack Whiten. My Smokey. Actually, before I get to my Smokey, we have got a suggestion here from Charlie Winchester. Shout out to him, big Canberra Raiders fan. Said, Papali'i probably off the bench in our best team. I completely agree. I think that's where I would have Josh Papali'i as well. But he's probably the only one I could get in there. But then again, the Jared Croker, Jack White thing, I'd probably slept on that, that there is a center spot there up for grabs. So I'd love to hear from you Canberra Raiders fans that are big listeners. Would you have Croker, Whiten? Or is there someone else that I'm forgetting? I know Timmy Williams made the suggestion the other day, reminded us that Colin Best won Dallium center or winger of the year when he was at the Canberra Raiders. Pretty good knock there. Uh, so let me know who you think. And let me know if Jordan Rappiner makes your side either. He probably just misses out in my side, though. I did note that uh, in that team that was that I just read out on the internet, Ruben Wickey was actually in the back row. Uh, so, you know, if you take him out of the center equation, because I thought he did play a number of center, a number of games at center for the Canberra Raiders in the early days. Just going to get up his exact numbers so we can be sure on that position played. Yeah, he played 102 games uh, at centre. Wow, isn't that isn't that incredible with Ruben Wickey? He played 109 games at centre, 102 games as a front row forward, and 113 games as a second rower. So he played, you know, 100 games plus in three different positions. Pretty damn impressive. Uh, let's have a look at his early Canberra Raiders days. I'm pretty sure he was a centre back then for the vast majority of the time. So in 1994, yeah, he was a centre all the way through into the grand final. I thought he was there. So Ruben Wickey's another one as far as his his days in, at the Canberra Raiders. You know, he, he obviously did make the transition into, you know, being a forward. I want to say he made that transition around the year 2000. Um, yeah, maybe even before that. Uh, let's have a look. Where, where was he playing? So 97, he was still a center in the Super League. 98... 1998, still a center. He plays his first few games in the back row in 1998, but majority uh, in the center, in the back, yeah, in the centers. And then, yeah, then he became a, he played exclusively second row and front row in season 1999. So his career at the Raiders is kind of split in half between center and back row or front row. So interesting to see where you would want to pick him, and that would probably make the big decision there. My Smokey. My Smokey to get into this side, uh, one of my favorites down there in the nation's capital. I'm sure a lot of people would have been expecting Matty Timiko, who I'm a big fan of, but it's very hard to knock off those centers they've got. I think Corey Horsburgh's got a little sniff. He's just made his origin debut. I think he's really going to fit in with the Canberra culture down there. I think playing as a ball-playing lock forward as well, he gets her a stack of work. He plays big minutes. I think he's a guy that's got some potential to get in there. Chevy Stewart's down there that I absolutely love as well, young fullback. It'll be interesting to see how he goes in first grade next year. Ethan Strange has obviously burst onto the scene as well. And I know Corey Halls was probably not as much of a smoky as some of the other guys we'll talk about in these episodes, but I do think he's a genuine chance to get into a Raiders best 17 ever. I think he's just going to represent what the Raiders are for a long time to come. Alright, let's have a look at the Melbourne Storm. For me, you have to talk about the big four. Cam Munster, Ryan Pappenhausen, Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes. For me, Cameron Munster, I think he is the 5'8". Uh, other guys competing with Gareth Widdops there. You, you 
could argue Greg Inglis, but I think you would have GI in the centers. Uh, you would have Scotty Hill in that conversation as well, but I think you'd find a spot for Scotty Hill in the side somewhere else, maybe at 13 off the bench, maybe. Uh, I think Cam Munster probably has to be the 5'8". Uh, obviously won the premiership in 2020, and just what he's done for the club over a long period of time, I think Cam Munster has to be the 5'8". You can't pick Ryan Pippenhausen at fullback. Obviously, Billy Slater shits in. You can't pick Harry Grant at hooker. Cam Smith shits in. You can't pick Jerome Hughes at seven. Cooper Cronk shits in. One of them... You could maybe pick them. Jersey 14 off the bench. If you were to go for one of them, I'm not sure which one it would be. Uh, obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen's got the Clive Churchill medal, so maybe that pushes him up. I'm not too sure. But then, you know, if, if I had to pick between Pappy, Grant, Hughes, and let's say, I don't know, Brett Kamali, uh, who, was, who won their first ever premiership and was the Clive Churchill medalist that day, Mate, I'm probably leaning towards Brett Kamali uh, out of all those guys. So I'm not sure if Pappy Grant Hughes actually make the side, to be honest with you. I don't think they would be in the best 17. A guy that I do think is a chance is Nelson Asafa-Solomona. He's obviously been uh, the big bit of gear uh, down there for quite some time. Uh, so I, I think Nass would be right up there. That's, once again, without riding the side. It's uh, I think it's uh, the, the third team we've spoken about in this series that Glenn Lazarus would be in their best team ever, which is a pretty special achievement. Uh, and I don't think Nass would be too far off. I reckon I'd probably have him on the bench somewhere. So uh, I think by the end of his career, Nass will be in that conversation, especially with him being the main dude there now, the main, you know, big boy front row forward impact sort of guy. Uh, my smoke, uh, sorry, the one that you guys suggested is from Willie, a champion fella. Absolutely love you, Willie. Always appreciate your support, bro. Huge Melbourne Storm fan. Uh, Munster at six. Nass, potentially a bench forward, Willie. Great minds think alike, bro. I completely agree. They're the only ones that I could get in there. I do feel sorry for Pappy Grant Hughes, uh, but I think there's guys like Brett Kamali. I think there's guys like Scott Hill uh, that you would have to find a spot for in there, so that does make it difficult. Uh, Smokey, I'll be honest with you, I found this really difficult. When you've got all those spine positions covered and just about unbeatable, uh, makes life hard. Like even uh, Sua Falonga, who I think has got huge potential, but, you know, is he going to get on top of Billy Slater? I don't know. And I mean, Ryan Pappenhausen's a premiership winner and a Clive Churchill medalist. So for, even hard to get on top of him. I mentioned Brick and Wally, Scott Hill, these sort of guys. The one that I do think has the potential, and if he plays the rest of his career at the Melbourne Storm and Craig Bellamy gets the very best out of him, I do think Katoa on the edge. I think he has got some serious ability. If they, As I said, this is if they can get the absolute best out of him over a long period of time. I think he's got the potential uh, to be one of the real good ones for the Melbourne Storm. But I'll be honest with you, I found Smokey for the Storm pretty difficult. Even that pick, I'm not overly stoked with it. All right, let's move on to the New Zealand Warriors coming off a fantastic this season, coming off a fantastic season, finishing in the top four, uh, getting to a prelim final. Um, now, the Warriors obviously came in 97, uh, 98, uh, sorry, 95. Well, Jesus Christ, having an aneurysm over here. 1995, the New Zealand Warriors came in. Uh, haven't won a premiership, have been to a, a couple of grand finals, uh, but have had some fantastic players, especially fantastic Kiwi players over the last 20-odd years. So it's a pretty stacked side. Uh, and when I have a look at this current Warriors team and who I think could make it, I think the obvious one is Sean Johnson. Now, would he be there or not? Um, Stacey Jones is obviously the halfback uh, in the greatest Warriors side of all time for me at the moment. I think that Sean is getting very close. Uh, and I think that 
before this season, it wasn't even a conversation for me. I think off the back of this season, though, I think Sean is up there. Obviously, didn't win the Dally M. That was controversial. I understand that. Uh, but I still, you know, I still look at this Warriors side, and I did feel like throughout the year they were never really going to compete against the top four sides which they didn't. Uh, SJ, I don't think he beat a top four side this year either. So you do have to take all that into consideration. But what SJ has done for the New Zealand Warriors as a brand has just been unbelievable. He obviously went to the Cronulla Sharks for a while. Um, you know, I, I think he learned a lot there and he's come back. And I think that... I think that, you know, SJ was obviously very good on the field this year, played some fantastic footy. That right side was on fire. But I think what has sort of elevated SJ uh, over the last year or so is just the impact that he's had on New Zealand as a country, how he has just got everyone behind the Warriors, and he has just been such a fantastic personality. So I think you have to give SJ some extra points, some extra credit uh, for that sort of stuff, which does make it uh, really difficult to sort of place him, especially when you're talking about Stacey Jones, one of the greats. Obviously didn't win a grand final, but took them to the 02 grand final. SJ took them to the 11 grand final. Um, I would still slightly lead towards Stacey, personally. Had SJ won the Dalian medal and he had that under his belt, maybe it's a different conversation. I heard Matty Johns talking about these two during the year, and he sort of said that if if SJ does manage to win the Dalian, that would probably put him ahead of Stacey. Uh, And look, it was controversial. I get that 100%, but, you know, the records will lie as the record... Sorry, not the records will lie. The records will stay as the records stay with KP being the Dalian winner. So for me, I probably still have uh, Stacey Jones as my halfback in the Warriors side, uh, but it is a very, very close one. It's an interesting conversation. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake's another one I would sort of nominate up there, but not sure if he makes the side just yet. Maybe a bench spot for AFB, uh, but they have had some tremendous front row forwards over the last couple of years. You know, Ruben Wiki, Steve Price, these sort of guys. You've obviously got a lot of very, very talented forwards you need to get into the side. The great Mark Tukey, one of my favorites ever, uh, but I think AFB getting very close to the best Warriors side. DWZ obviously had a tremendous season this year in the conversation, but fuck, they've had some good outside backs to the New Zealand Warriors. I think that DWZ would have to do that back-to-back for a couple of years. Torhu Harris, he's in my side somewhere. Whether he's at 13, on the edge, or on the bench, I am 100% picking Torhu Harris in my team somewhere. Uh, there is no doubt about that whatsoever in my mind. So Torhu definitely in. The other interesting one is Roger Tulvasashek. Now, not part of their squad right now, but he is returning next year. He has won a Dalian medal there. Uh, is he your fullback? Is is he in your side? I think I would find a spot for RTS just based on what he did that season winning the Dalian medal. Uh, the only Dalian medal that the New Zealand Warriors have won got very close to winning another one this year. So I think that Roger Tulvasa-Shek would have to be there. I think Torhu Harris has to be there. And I think SJ, you know what, maybe you could pick SJ at 5'8". Obviously you'd have, you know, a James Maloney there that you have to consider. There's a few options there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could pick SJ at halfback. Maybe pick SJ on the bench though in Jersey 14. So maybe SJ would be in the side, but I don't think I could pick him over Stacey Jones right now. Uh, Torhu would be in my side and I think RTS would also be in my side as well. So AFB, DWZ, these are the sort of guys we're keeping an eye on uh, to potentially get into this side. Uh, my the, the the quote that I've got is from Ash Thomas 11 He says, SJ baby, even RTS when he gets a return, Torhu debatable, probably have him as well. Uh, yeah, SJ, I wouldn't have him at seven, as I said. I'd have him probably in the side somewhere though. Uh, RTS, I would have him when he returns. Let's say he counts for it right now. And Torhu Harris, I... 
I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, overvaluing Torhu. I personally don't think it's debatable at all. I think he has to be there. Uh, maybe debatable if he's the best 13 you've ever had. Uh, but I think either as an edge player or a 13 or a bench middle, I think Torhu Harris simply has to be there. And I, I honestly probably won't hear any arguments against that. Uh, my Smokies. Now, I've, I've written down two guys here that I think are interesting. The first one is Rocco Berry, young guy that I'm very, very excited about. As I said, the Warriors have had some fantastic outside backs over the year, but comes from over the years, but comes from very good pedigree, Rocco Berry. I genuinely do think he is a guy that by the end of his career could push into that. He's going to have to play his whole career at the New Zealand Warriors. He's going to have to play his absolute best footy. He's going to have to just keep developing year on year and really explode soon. But I think Rocco Berry is a guy that I've got as a potential smoky to get right up there. The other one, and this is an interesting one, and I might just type in, once again, New Zealand Warriors' best 17 ever because I want to see who is suggested here. Wade Egan. Um, now, it probably sounds a little bit strange, but for me, I don't have like an absolute greatest nine ever that has played for the New Zealand Warriors. Maybe uh, maybe when I, when I look up this side and I see some suggestions, it might come to me. Uh, but I, I just... I'm not sure if there is an absolute standout guy that takes the hooker straight away. And if the Warriors do go on to have, uh, you know, a pretty successful few years coming up, potentially Wade Egan could be a little smoky to get into that side. Once again, guys, a smoky, not an obvious one. See, Monty Beetham, he's the one that's in the hooker side here, who's a fantastic player, 101 first grade games, tough as fucking nails. Uh, very, very fair to have him there. But I do just think that potentially he's a guy that Wade Egan could potentially get in front of. He's going to have to have a very good few years, guys. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, but I do give him a shot. See, I just found another Warriors best 17. Isaac Luke's the hooker there with 83 appearances. Um, so I would not be ruling it out. I do think he is a very, very good chance uh, to force his way in there, Wade Egan. He's going to have to have a lot of things go his way. He's going to have to play um, a lot of footy there, obviously. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, but I, I do think he's a little smoky to get in there that I think most people probably wouldn't have thought of. Maybe they didn't think of him because I'm way off the money. But keen to hear what you guys think. All right. Let's have a look at the Newcastle Knights. Now, the Knights, uh, obviously, you know, a very successful period during the 90s, the early 2000s, during that Johns era. It's been a little bit hit and miss. Obviously, they returned to finals this year, which was great to see. Uh, but, you know, obviously, halfback, you cannot even consider that spot. Hooker, you cannot even consider that spot. But I don't think there's anyone in these current sides, with all due respect to Hastings, Gamble, um, Jaden Braley, uh, Phoenix Cross, and these sort of guys. Uh, so from the current side, I, I, I think I would find a spot for Kalen Ponga. Now, would it be at fullback? I don't know. I think everyone's automatic reaction is, yeah, KP, 100%. I think you just need to keep in mind, Robbie O'Davis won two premierships and a Clive Churchill medal. Uh, he was fantastic in 1997 in that grand final, scored two tries. He was unreal. It's a game that we all remember uh, for the Andrew Johns down the short side, and a lot of people talk about that being Joey's game. But Robbie O'Davis did get the Clive Churchill medal on that day, and I think he is a little bit slept on Robbie O. Uh, a little bit of a wild unit, no doubt about that. Uh, but I think he needs to be respected. And for me, KP, without a premiership for Newcastle yet. Uh, I think I would still have Robbie O'Davis as my fullback simply because he won two premierships uh, and he was the Clive Churchill medalist in one out of those two. So I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Uh, he was, you know, the Clive Churchill medalist in their first premiership they ever won as well. So, but I, would I find a spot for KP? Fucking oath I would. Uh, I would find a spot for him somewhere in this team. He would probably be my 14. The other one is Dane Gagai that I think needs to be considered. I think his form over the last few years for Newcastle when he has played there has 
has been great. Even in the dark days when they sucked, he was the best player on the field consistently for them, Dane Gagai. So I think he needs to be considered either as a winger um, or as a centre. Uh, for me, I look through the history of the Knights. You've obviously got Matt Gidley who shits in. I think Tamana Tahu probably has to be there as well. Guys like Owen Craigie, Aquila Uate. Uh, there's been a number of guys to pick from there, and I think Gagai needs to be in the conversation. The only other one, that I would throw into the conversation, but I don't think I'd have him in the team realistically, uh, is Tyson Frizzell. I think that ever since arriving at Newcastle, he's been very solid. But once again, we have guys that have won multiple premierships for the Newcastle Knights. We've got other guys that have just won premierships for the Newcastle Knights and been rep forwards for a very, very long time. Uh, so it is hard to sort of get Tice in there, but I think his three years at Newcastle have been very impressive. But you've got guys like Billy Pete and Ben Kennedy. I mean, Paul Harris. Like, the list goes on and on as far as forwards that need to get into this Newcastle side. But as far as the pack goes, he's probably the only one that I would consider as a forward potentially getting into the Knights' best side ever. But I don't think I could find a spot for him realistically. Uh, from Ryan Scholes, he, his quote was just simple, KP for me. And I tried to find some different Newcastle quotes. I actually tried to find one that supported Robbie O'Davis, but everyone was very heavy KP. And I think coming off the season he's had, I think there's a little bit of recency bias in that. I do just think we need to appreciate what Robbie O'Davis achieved when he achieved it. He won two premierships across a four-year span and won the Clive Churchill medal in one of them, which I think because of Joey's play down the short side, we sometimes Sometimes forget just how good Robbie O was on that day. So KP for me, the great suggestion from Reese. I think that he would be on my bench. I don't think I could pick him as my fullback, but maybe Reese is, is, is suggesting he should be on the bench anyway. Bit hard to tell from the comment. Um, Smokey. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My smoky to get into the night's best 17 ever. We just said Gagai's a really good shot as a center to be there. Some good guys to contend with. I think Bradman Best is another one. A young guy from Newcastle. Injuries have delayed him so far. I think playing on that left edge outside Kalen Ponga, it is some of the best real estate in rugby league. So I think if, if Bradman Best can just stay on the field, I think he can start to see some of his very best footy. And I genuinely do think he can start to push into that category of your Matt Gidley's. Uh, probably not Matt Gidley. I think he'll always be the goat center in Newcastle, but I think he can start to, you know, stand up there with your Gagais, with your Tamana Tahus, with your Owen Craigies, these sort of guys. A lot of guys to pick from there, but I do think Bradman Best has the opportunity. A real smoky for me, I love Leo Thompson. I'm a huge fan of him. I think he makes his debut for the Kiwis this weekend. I am very, very keen to see how he goes. I hold this guy in very high regard. I remember talking to Jacko in the preseason and still said, mate, who's going good? And he, and he said to me flat out, he goes, mate, I know we haven't seen much of him and I haven't watched heap of him. I'm just watching him, him train and his temperament. 
Leo Thompson has really stood out to me so far, and I've, I've kept a very close eye on Leo Thompson, and I've been very impressed with him. Obviously, we've had some great front row forwards up there at the Newcastle Knights, so it's going to be tough to get into their best 17 ever, but I like the look at Leo Thompson as a real, real smoky. I probably give Bradman Best a better hope, simply because of the pedigree he's shown, and also where he's going to be playing. That left edge for Newcastle is going to be absolute money uh, for the rest of KP's career, so something to consider there. Guys, that is part two, done and dusted, as Kempe would say. We've got part three and four coming tomorrow. Part three, we go through the Sydney Roosters, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Parramatta Eels, and the mighty Penrith Panthers. And then part four, we'll be going through the West Tigers, the Canterbury Bulldogs, the Manly Seagulls, the St. George of the Dragons, and the Cronulla Sharks. If you want to have a listen to the episode that came out earlier today, we went through the four Queensland Cubs, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Titans, and the Dolphins, which was a bit of a tough carry, obviously, in their first season. But some fantastic content to catch up to catch up on, and even better content coming tomorrow on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>